Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Nick Witherell, founder of Bino Board. Listen as Nick explains his inspirations from converting the classic game of soccer to a board game made for your living room. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Nick Witherell of Bino Board. Nick, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Cam. Absolutely. So I want to start out a little bit with your childhood. So where were you born and what was your childhood like? So I was born in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, in the desert. Um, and I lived a pretty good childhood. Um, you know, uh, nothing too crazy in the suburbs of South Phoenix, um, you know, where you just did the usual usual suburban things. You're playing sports, making games, you know, um, that's pretty much it. Nothing crazy. For sure. What, what were your, some of your hobbies growing up? Um, hobbies. So when I was really young, sports was life. Yeah. Um, as I got into like middle school, my friends and I started doing all sorts of like video production and making music on top of, you know, also playing sports. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. A lot of gotcha. gaming too. Video yeah, games. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I read a little bit about your high school years. I'm sure you get this a lot and I don't want to make this a highlight of the podcast, but it's really neat that I saw you went to high school with Clay Thompson actually. And you guys, is that right? You guys played on the same basketball team? Yeah. So I went to college with him. Oh, college. Okay. So it wasn't high school. Yeah. So yeah. So high school, uh, I did go to two high schools out here in Phoenix. Um, and that's what was my main focus, but I uh, actually, um, was Tony Bennett's first commit, uh, who's now the Virginia. Uh, yeah. So I committed to him at Washington state university. Okay. Um, as he had just became the head coach, um, when Washington state wasn't very good. Um, (laughs) they were like the bottom dwellers of the PAC 10 at the time. Um, and, uh, that was after my sophomore year. And then the two last, my last two years of high school, they got really good and they started getting really good recruits. Uh, so Tony Bennett started locking down some really good recruits and Clay Thompson was one of them. Wow. Um, so Needless to say, uh, I didn't play very much when I actually did get up to Washington State. Yeah. <laughs> but the experience was great playing for I'm sure. You know, a national coach of the year and a future Hall of Famer. You know, so, so yeah, absolutely. Did you go there on scholarship? I did. Yep. What what position did you play there? So I was, I was a shooting guard. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. And then what did you study? I studied finance and economics. Cool, cool. And then out of college what were some types of jobs that you had out of college? Out of college. So out of college, oh man, I, my first job was working at a mortgage company as a secondary marketing specialist, which is kind of this made up job <laughs> that I kind of got through a connection. My dad's friend had a mortgage company and that job was awful. Yeah. Um, it made me realize like, this is not for me. So I, I survived there about a little over a year. I don't know how. And so uh, I was like, and I just quit all of a sudden. Um, I was like, I need a job though in the meantime. So I went and worked for Yelp for a little bit um, oh, wow. as a account executive doing sales, basically a glorified call center. Um, and I lasted eight months there. Gotcha. Uh, I was calling St. Louis when the city was on fire. It was like that famous Michael Brown incident. Yeah. Um, and so I was trying to call, sell digital ads to businesses that were essentially like, burning down. Wow. Um, so it wasn't an easy job. But I learned a lot. That's for sure. Totally. So growing up, did you have kind of an entrepreneur mindset? 
I, I would say yes. Uh, I just didn't know that it was, I didn't know that the word was entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial. Yeah. Um, but, um, but my friends and I were always making things. We were making games. We would be content producing before, you know, with old school cameras, just before iPhones. Yeah. Um, and so, um, I didn't know that that was an entrepreneurial mindset, mm-hmm. um, at the time, but we, the fact that we were always creating, um, kind of created that, that mindset from the beginning that this was going to be my future profession, at least creating some sort of business. For sure. And then in 2019, this is when the creation of Bino actually started. And I was w- wondering what were some of the inspirations behind this? And if you could describe to the listeners exactly what Bino, the board game actually is. Okay. So, um, so basically I, I conceptualized the idea in 2018, but I didn't sell okay. to the public or didn't do anything. It was just friends and family. So no one gotcha. really knows that. Yeah. Um, and so what happened was, uh, I basically, after I quit Yelp, I started selling insurance for some years and doing some other random jobs. I had, I owned my own, uh, basketball training business as well. Um, and so I did a lot of traveling because my schedule permitted, even though I didn't have a ton of money, I still went and did it. And so when I was traveling abroad, I saw a conceptual version of basically a flick, a finger flicking sports style game mm-hmm. um, that was very, you know, very primal looking and unpolished and, you know, just out in Europe. And uh, I immediately went to Google and saw if there's anything like this, so I could just buy one. Um, yeah. And there was nothing anywhere. Um, and so when I got home, I was just like, I'm just going to build my own, you know, um, even though it's not going to be great, at least. I can have control over what it looks like and I wanted to put little nets on it. I want to put all the soccer lines on it just cause it was generally had a soccer, soccer vibe, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I started, uh, I started building them by hand with nails and rubber bands and stuff and my own netting. And I was always at Michael's or home Depot. Wow. <laughs> um, and so basically, yeah, what the game is for the listeners that don't know what Bino board is yet. Uh, basically it's a little, dexterity finger flicking soccer board game if you will it's like a and it and we and we designed it to emulate real life sports so a lot of the things that happen in real life sports are like unexpected bounces or um you know different strategies and that kind of stuff um and so we every part of our board um which you're just trying to score in your opponent's goal by navigating some pins um was thought through so that it could emulate um like the game of soccer yeah. Down to the different types of shots and angles and everything. So. Gotcha. So this first prototype board, were you kind of actually looking into turning this into a business or was at the time, was this just for fun for your own creativity? It was actually for both. So yeah, ironically, like I wanted to do it for fun, mm-hmm. but as I was building it, I already had an idea like this could like just from playing the first one I made, I literally was like, this is so fun. Like yeah. we were playing with, we were playing with two girls too. My, one of my best friends and I, um, after we finished the first one, um, and the girls were loving it too. I'm like, wait a second. Like this is supposed to be a sports guys game, you know? Yeah. Um, and they were having a great time. And then I started bringing it over to family gatherings and whatnot. And like little, my little two year old cousins who can't even talk yet knew <laughs> the concept. They knew, wow. even though they were committing penalties and all that stuff, they were still, <laughs> they still knew they needed to score in, their other person, their other little cousin's goal, mm-hmm. you know, and then vice versa. And so I was like, this is crazy. And so basically within that first month I knew, like I, li- I was selling insurance. So which is, 
if you're familiar with that at all, um, you're essentially um, running your own schedule anyways. Yeah. And so um, basically I just quit selling and I started just focusing all my time on this. I was just running around to Home Depot and like I said, Michael's and all those places just trying to gather materials. And I started selling to all my friends and family who were asking on Instagram. Wow. And, so, um, yeah. yeah, continue. And so, yeah, and so basically, long story short, is I started doing, my brother asked me to do an Arizona State board for him. And I, uh, so I did, I n- I'd never done art in my life, but I figured <laughs> out how to stencil it out and spray paint it and get Sharpies to finish the logo, um, which uh, wasn't too hard at all. And I posted that on social. And so then, of course, I get a wave of everybody wanting their favorite team or their wow. business or whatever, you know? Yeah. And, and I was only selling them for 50 bucks. So I was doing all this crazy work, <laughs> putting, putting the whole thing together uh, and then spray painting the logo you wanted and everything on this turf. Um, and so essentially, I got to the point where I'd done like 200 of these in a wow. month or two. And um, it just got way out of control because when you, when you start telling people custom, they just think they can get away with anything. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I, so my business partner who came on while in this stage, um, who's out in California, Tony Panici, he basically, he's like, kind of like the, the, he know he always knows the right answers. He's like, you need to stop doing this stuff and just make two cool versions yeah. of this that have that, that kind of that aesthetic as people are buying these cause they look cool. You know, For sure. uh, and, and the game plays awesome, obviously, as well. But, you know, um, and so we eventually by April of 19, we got to the point where um, we made two good looking versions. Um, and that was pretty much where it started. Gotcha. At this time, were you experiencing a lot of back order since it was just you and then your business partner partner added on doing a lot of custom orders? It seemed like it seems like you would have a lot of back orders coming on. What is was it hard to keep up? It wasn't too hard at the time because um, I was only I wasn't getting like you know thirty forty orders a day. I was getting maybe yeah. like five orders, and so each logo was taking me like you know thirty minutes, forty minutes to do on okay. top of building them. So yeah. the building process was pretty easy because I just hammer them all together and whatever bands on essentially cut some net out. Um, but the logos took forever, and so it wasn't horrible because I basically quit my other job already, even though I was making no money. I was having so much fun like making <laughs> these things. Yeah, for sure. But obviously, you know, breathing in that much spray paint and oh yeah, um, and and doing that much labor was just I was like okay, and for not, not that much money. But at a certain point, like you know, after a couple of months, it wasn't that much fun to because I was getting so much interest, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so once you had the product developed, how would you advertise? What were your main streams of advertising? So once April of nineteen, so basically we had our launch party February of nineteen, okay. where we kind of finalized these these prototypes. So from like November of 18 to like February of 19, we had finished these two prototypes that my partner had convinced me to move towards. Um, and then from February to April, we ironed out the, the kinks so that it was ready for market. And so by April, when we released it, um, we just, we, we had, we were lucky enough to have some really cool people uh, promoting this for us. So we have some baseball guys like Cole Tucker, and Scott Kingery that did some posts and then Ryan Sheckler, a uh, famous wow. skateboarder, yeah, we're just, we're just posting without us even asking because they had that's some awesome. of these new prototypes. And so we start, that's how we got lucky in the beginnings with our, um, and there was, some, there was other influencers that I'm feeling to remember right now, um, that were posting for us. Um, and so that got us some really interesting orders. Like my first ever order on Shopify was from 
New Zealand. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know how to ship this there. Yeah. I have no, I have no idea what to do. Um, <laughs> and so that was a long story. But basically, um, we started running some like, we started getting some really good response from just promoting good posts on Instagram. So if you look on your Instagram, if you're running a business Instagram, uh, you can click promote and you can just choose the post and you create your own filters on there if you're familiar with that. Yeah. And so basically I just started messing around on there. I'm pretty familiar with Google trends and some other, um, and I'm very familiar with how this, you know, the sports world and what's hot and what's not. And so, um, yeah, I basically just started messing around with some filters on the promoting post and we started getting a, our, our followers, um, our followers were started going up really fast. Um, our, from our posts that we were promoting, we're getting a lot of love and our, our sales slowly went up. I mean, uh, I basically borrowed some money from my dad because I had spent all my money starting this thing up. Because um, I told him how much success we had had running like between five and ten dollars a day on Instagram. I was like, man, like, yeah. yeah. Like, I was at dinner with him. I was like, if, if I could just get some more money and see what happens. Um, like, if I could just spend fifty bucks a day. Like, look what's happening with ten dollars. Yeah. For and sure. so, um, and so basically, uh, he let me borrow money a month's worth of ads um, at fifty dollars a day. Um, and once you start, and I, and I'd already built out the filters. So they were like stuff that like the top five soccer States, according to Google trends. And yeah, you know, I, I met fans of MLS and just some really simple, you know, low hanging fruit, if you will, um, uh, filters to use. And, uh, from there, like our followers went from like, you know, six, 700 close friends of the family up to like, you know, three, 4,000 wow. like, from like, from like June 1st to like July 1st. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I was like, holy crap, <laughs> like doing something right, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And so that's how kind of our, you know, um, that's how, the, how it initially got going. That's awesome. So what would you say your main dem- demographic is for the boards? I would say, so I'm 30. I'd say people in like my age range of like 25 to 34, um, you know, guys out of, you know, a couple of years out of college um, that are kind of overplaying beer pong and that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of grown out of that stage a little. Um, and then also, you know, a lot of families too. Like, uh, sure. you know, it's been great. It's been really great seeing uh, so many dads playing against their sons or grandpas playing against their grandsons. Just like, totally. yeah. So cool to see them being able to compete. Cause it, you know, this is essentially a sport, even though you don't move or anything. Um, you know, you still, when you hit a shot, you know, you're talking trash and stuff. So, um, you know, so mostly guys, um, that are either in a family or just, you know, that demographic that I was referring to earlier. Yeah. So this game actually, as you kind of said, it, it can get pretty competitive and isn't it true that you guys host, um, competitions and tournaments actually with Bino now? Yeah. Yeah. So 2019, we had some amazing tournaments all over the country. Wow. Um, and that was before we had the following we have now, um, which, you know, then obviously the whole COVID thing and everything going on right now, um, we haven't been able to do anything this year, which we were really looking forward to. But yeah, we had, you know, a tournament um, in Newport Beach, a cool one in Seattle. Um, wow, that's cool. We had our launch party tournament. That was Clay, Ryan Sheckler, Kurt Warner, Cole Tucker, a bunch of bunch of guys were there uh, for that one. And then um, we've had a, we had a really good end of year, you know, around Christmas time, um, charity tournament, which was amazing. So, 
you know, the tournaments are a great time. And I was really looking forward to this year, but hopefully by the end of this year, we can, you know, start to bring those back. Um, For sure. Yeah. So really, really fun. Yeah, totally. With your two boards you have now, are you still focusing on those two boards that you mentioned earlier? And what is the differences between the two boards that you currently sell? So the current, the current two boards we have, um, we're, we're still making a lot of improvements. They're still working prototypes, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, the way that we internally talk about our products is almost in like, in terms of a software, like we basically, this is called, you know, basically what you're seeing right now is Bino 1.0. Yeah. Um, there's some, some big changes that aren't going to be the final product that we're going to call like, we're going to call it like, you know, Bino 1.1 or Bino 1.5. It doesn't like it's arbitrary. Um, <laughs> but basically they're little, every time we make a little upgrade to this, the, the this, this uh, 1.0 version, we're going to call it something new, you know, and then yeah. we're also working on a completely new revamp of these, which I'm hoping to get ready for the holiday season uh, or have be ready to be released. Um, but I don't, not a hundred percent confident on that. I know there'll be some really cool changes that'll improve the game. Um, that will be added to this current version for sure before then. But, um, yeah. Um, you know, um, we're, we're, we're making these improvements day by day and seeing we can, we can release them, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. So your sales now, are you guys mainly and strictly on e-commerce or have you, have you looked into getting into rate retail at all or, how is that looking currently? We've, we're looking into it. The thing is we can't, our sales are great right now for yeah. considering the fact that we're only selling on our website. Yeah, for sure. And that's the only place you can buy a Beanie board right now. And there's a couple stores across the country that we've done little deals with, but, um, so that we're not on Amazon yet. We're not in stores yet. And, um, we're not international yet. So it, it kind of sucks to not be able to pull the trigger on some of these deals that we're getting, these offers we're getting. Yeah. Um, but we just can't make them fast enough right now. And that's why we're making these changes on the boards. Um, that way I was just mentioning. Um, and so when the time is right, we absolutely will, uh, look into, you know, Amazon and getting into different retailers. Um, you know, obviously we're going to vet through those opportunities and see which ones fit our brand, um, sure. and kind of go from there. So Binyo today, with your position, what kind of positions are you running? And do you have any other partners that are helping you out with the brand currently? Yeah. So starting a business like this, I've, <laughs> I essentially can do everything and everything I've, I've had to from the beginning. Yeah. Um, whether it be, our, our, you know, I, I do, we do the fulfillment, we do the, the making of these boards, we do everything. I do the marketing, I do customer support, um, you name it, yeah. I, I do it. And I've been slowly, uh, delegating that kind of stuff. So my partner that I mentioned earlier, Tony Panucci, he, uh, he does all the graphic design. He does all the CADs. He does all of, um, the stuff you see like on the website. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's also a photographer. So anytime we need some really cool lifestyle shots or whatever, he gets those as well. So he's kind of a jack of all trades on that end of things. And then he's also, he was also on a reality show growing up called the life of Ryan with Ryan Sheckler. Oh, wow. uh, he's so Ryan Sheckler's his best friend. Um, <laughs> and so he's, so he's very well connected and very, he's been a part of a lot of brands, upcoming brands, just being around Ryan because they're, you know, Ryan was always pushing different products and stuff. Yeah. Um, so he always, he has a really good, my, uh, business. I mean, for being only 30 years old, he's very, uh, savvy in terms of business decisions. Um, mm -hmm. just cause he's been around 
business since he was 18, being on that show. Um, and then um, I also have a couple of employees. Um, so I made employee and he's a, he's an all-star. He can, he's essentially at the point now where he can do everything. So I got really lucky getting him. Wow. That's um, awesome. You know, and he's basically taking, he's essentially taking over all the operations. Um, okay. And so that way I can focus more on the product redesign, um, the marketing, because that's what's really going to allow us to scale. So I've taken a backseat on, you know, being hands-on with this thing and I'm working on developing strategic partnerships and, um, you know, how to redevelop this product and future. And we also have a lot of projects in the queue right now in terms of future projects um, in different games that we're working on as well. So it allows me to reallocate my energy to the growth of this company, which is pretty nice. Yeah, for sure. If you could give one piece of advice to an aspiring entrepreneur that you've learned along your way, or you, you have a mistake that you regret that you did, what would that piece of advice be? That's a great question. Um, I'd say the, the biggest, the, the number one piece of advice I'd give is probably just, if, if you know you're not happy at like a nine to five or, or something, you know, yeah. just, just start your business. You just got to start it mm-hmm. and you can learn everything else along the way. You know, that's, that's what YouTube's for. That's what your phone is for to call people that know it. I mean, I can look through almost every aspect of this business and I didn't know how to do anything, any of these things. And yeah, I had to learn sure. and that's the most fun way to learn anyways, you know? So if you have an idea for a business, it's like, there's no point to not just starting. Yeah. Once you start, you know, you just, it, it makes it it's nice because it, the business itself will force you into learning things. You, you don't have a choice at that point, you know, yeah. the only choice you had to make was start the business. So that's probably the one thing I'd say. And then in terms of things I've struggled with um, in the beginning was um, probably, I don't know. Maybe customer support. I mean, that's yeah. it's kind of a weird one, but you know, I think it's so important to just answer your customers' emails right away, especially as a startup, like right away. And then don't be afraid to give away free stuff. Like if you mess up, even when you're poor, you know, <laughs> in, in terms of you know the capital in your business, or um, you know, give it away for free and give it away to the right people because that's allowed us to develop a lot of really strong, um, you know, partnerships. Absolutely. Well, Nick, thank you so much. And for the listeners out there, make sure to check out Bino Board at BinoBoard.com. Hey, thanks so much, Cam, for having me on. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.